Well, turn in your Bible to two passages. Uh, I'm going to introduce something to you this morning and just by way of introduction. First uh, Timothy and Romans. And you can back me out maybe of the monitors or something. But we're, we're testing a new microphone and, and uh, there's a little issue here and there. And y'all will be patient with us. How many, how many of you are going to be patient? Amen. Awesome. So where did I tell you to turn? First Timothy and the book of Romans. So hold your place in Romans and turn to First Timothy. Uh, and we're going to begin a series today, as you can tell, last day's leadership, a study of first and second Timothy. Now, uh, let me just say to you uh, that uh, this may take a while. This might get us. Uh, I know August and September and maybe even October. This is going to be an in-depth study and we're going to glean uh, leadership truth from the two letters that Paul wrote Timothy in the latter years of his life, but prior to his his uh, uh, graduation day, Paul's graduation day into eternity. Uh, and we're going to lay a, a little foundation today. Uh, but let me just begin by saying that this year I have sensed in my heart uh, the leading of the Lord really to hammer home the times we are living in. And, and if you can't figure that out by uh, watching the news or reading the paper, does anybody even read the paper anymore? I don't, uh, is there a paper anymore? It's all internet to me. Uh, but when you watch the news and you read the paper, there's certainly not a lot of good news. There's a lot of trauma and trouble in the world. Uh, and I've felt in the, the need to just, uh, just hammer home the reality and the understanding of the seasons and the times we are in. Uh, and uh, in fact, last Sunday, I mentioned uh, a, a tribe of, of people, a family of people in the Old Testament. I think it, they're mentioned in Chronicles. It's the, the family of Issachar. Everyone say Issachar. This family of Issachar, it says of them, of the sons and daughters of Issachar, that they had an understanding of the times to know what Israel should do. Let me tell you something. We need sons and daughters of Issachar in the day we're living in to know what to do. As I shared with this, these group of folks here, we don't need to lean to our own understanding in this time and season. We need the revelation of God in our life. And so I've been hammering this home. I did a series a few, uh, gosh, a couple months ago called Doomsday Preppers, preparing your life and family for the end of days. Now, you need to understand, we're already in the last days. Tell some, tell your neighbor we're living in the last days. You say, oh, preacher, they've been saying that forever. Well, uh, let me tell you prophetically, and I've said this many times in the last number of months, according to Scripture, when the church was born in Acts chapter 2, that began what the Bible calls a prophetic season of time called the last days. Everyone say the last days. He said, this is what Joel said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Tell Everybody say, we're living in the last days. Now, we don't know how long the last days last, but they are the last days. And maybe this in the next uh, week or two or three, I'll take you, you can go to over to Daniel. I think it's Daniel 9. I'd have to look. It's Daniel's prophetic time clock. And he talks about uh, the seven sets of seven years, 490 years. And the last set of, of, of those seven years is the great tribulation. And between, uh, is it 483? 483 years of prophetic fulfillment that has happened. Uh, there is like a pause, if you will, in God's prophetic time clock. It's like he punched the pause button and it's called the age of the church. And we're living in that pause. 
And then when Jesus comes again, uh, then the pause button will be lifted and, and, the, and the world will enter into the darkest time of the history of the world called the seven year, the great tribulation period. And so, so we're living in the pause moment. You get that. And it's the age of the church, the last days. It's the time when we have a responsibility to win. Everybody say more for heaven and less for hell. And so it's God's plan unfolding. Aren't you excited that you're living in the middle of God's greatest hour? Woo, come on now. This was, hey, this was God's plan all along. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, God put together a plan called the age of the church for us to win this world to Jesus Christ. Now, regardless of what you may read, let me tell you something. The church around the world is doing great. Did you know people are getting saved in record numbers around the world? I said, did you? Y'all act like that doesn't matter to you. How many of you know people are getting born again around the world in record numbers? The church is alive and well. Doesn't mean we're perfect, but God is good. Everybody say, God is good. And then I, and on Wednesday night, I just finished up a series on First and Second Peter. Now, if you missed all of that, I would tell you, you need to go back and get that. It's called A Pilgrim's Progress. And I don't have time to review that, but basically it's, it's, it's walking through from this life into that life in the face of adversity with a sense of destiny and a sense of eternal perspective. And so, uh, hey, it'll prepare you and, and, and equip you. In fact, if you got a smartphone, everybody say, I got me a smartphone, Pastor. Does anybody ever drive for like 30 or 45 minutes at a time? Has anybody ever gotten in the car and driven for at least 30 or 45 minutes? You know who you could listen to for that time? You could go back and you could, you could download the pot. You could become a podcaster. You can get, get them little, you know, those, those things they give you when you buy your phone. You could actually stick them in there and you could listen to Pastor Sam on the way to work or wherever you go. And you could become better equipped, uh, in this, uh, pilgrim's journey that you're on, uh, from this life into that life. And then I finished, uh, last Sunday, uh, the Jesus journey, learning to follow Jesus 24 seven. All of these have a theme and that's progress. How many of you want to keep moving forward? Look at your neighbor. Say, we got to keep moving forward. Amen. We don't know how much time we have left and we got to keep pressing forward. Paul, the apostle said, I press toward that goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So, Hey, we're learning how to follow Jesus 24 seven. And, and I begin this series to empower and equip us to be leaders in these last days. Listen, in these last days, we need bold leaders. I'm not talking about people with a title. How many of you know the people who lead are the people who lead, not the people who have the title. It's the people who lead. And God is looking for fathers, brothers, mothers, sisters, and even teenagers to be last day's leaders who will lead people into the purpose and destiny of God for their life. Ooh, and everybody said, amen. And we're moving forward. And as we move into this, this, we're already past the halfway point this year. I just can't get away from the urgency of the hour. And so that's why this series, and, and I want you to just know that, that uh, as we look to this, God has, the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And as Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, his son in the faith, in fact, look in verse 2 of chapter 1. He says to Timothy, a true son in the faith. Listen, he's passing on his, the insights of his life to his successor, if you will. And he's endeavoring to pass the baton on to his son in the faith, Timothy, and to help him be equipped and empowered as a last day's leader. Everybody say last day's leader. 
Now, let me show you two passages in these two, two letters to kind of validate the whole purpose of this series. Look in chapter 4 of 1 Timothy, in verse 1 through about verse 3 or 4. Let me show it to you. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, somebody say latter times. In the latter times, some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared as with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. And he just goes on, and and, and I'll come back to this, uh, of course, but what's he telling his son in the faith? Listen, you need to be ready for the last days. Everybody say last days. Now, look over in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we've looked at this before. I just want to validate where we're headed and what the theme of these two letters are. He says, but know this. Everybody say, know this. That in the last days, everybody say, last day. In the last days, perilous times will come. Now, he's about to define perilous times. And as I read through this, this little list, you just tell me if we're not already there. Here we go. Perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves. You ever heard of a narcissist? Does anybody know a narcissist? Is anybody married to a narcissist? No, don't do that. Don't, don't. Perilous times will come for men will be, here it is, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal. We've seen that. Have you not seen that? Brutal. Despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, what do we do? We turn away. So we're living in the last days. And God's looking to us as in these last days to be men and women of influence, men and women who, who lead by example. And we'll talk about that. Uh, and I want to borrow, I don't know if you've ever read anything that John Maxwell has ever written. It's all good. John Maxwell began as a pastor, uh, but very quickly he, he developed into a real leadership guru. And he's an international leadership guru. You go into any of these bookstores, you'll find John Maxwell. One of his first books that kind of took the church world by, by storm was the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. Uh, and, uh, and then one, I love the, the, there was one about how to get along with people. I can't remember the title of it. There's a, he has a lot. In fact, uh, the first, the first, uh, law of the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership is the law of the lid. And, and basically, if you're, if you've got a lid in your life, you're not gonna, you gotta move the lid. You gotta figure out what's, what's hindering you from being able to be a better, more effective leader. And you lift the lid, so on and so forth. So, John Maxwell's a great, uh, uh, ins, uh, inspiration and leadership guru. And he had a number of different definitions of leadership. I'm gonna borrow one of his. Uh, that throughout this series that's a great uh, outline for first and second Timothy and here's his definition of leadership it's those who know the way who show the way and who go the way everybody say know the way show the way and go the way now these are no in particular order you got to have them all either way you want to say go the way show the way and know the way they all work in sync and in harmony with one another but if you're trying to lead somebody and you don't know the way you're in trouble right 
which way do I go? Which way do I go? Uh, hey, and, and not only do you need to know the way, you, how many of you know it's hard to show the way if you don't go the way? You ever heard somebody say this, do as I say and not as I... That doesn't work, does it? Have you ever tried that? It doesn't fit. It doesn't work. It's not right. It's not biblical. We've got to know the way, show the way, and go the way. Everyone say it. Know the way. Show the way and go the way. If you would adopt that in your life from a spiritual perspective that I'm going to encourage you to do today, uh, you'll, your life will be transformed and the people who you influence will be transformed. You know, a lot of people say they know the way, but they're not showing the way. And they say they know the way, but in reality, they're not going the way because if you're going the way, you'd be showing the way and we'll show you all that. Everyone say, know the way, show the way, go the way. This last day, the last days we're living. Hey, everybody under the age of uh, 40, stand up. Everybody under the age of 40. Now, some of you lying, I know, maybe. Don't. Look at these young adults here. Listen, God's looking to you to know the way, show the way, and go the way. Everybody that is uh, uh, over the age of 30, sit down. God is looking to you to know the way, show the way, and go the way. Everybody under the age of uh, 25, sit down. And so you're 25 or younger? Y'all, some of y'all still have not figured out how old you are. There we go. All right. God's looking to you to know the way, show the way, go the way. Listen, uh, your leaders, everybody give these young leaders a big hand. Woo! Now, everybody over the age of 40, stand up. Everybody over the age of 40, stand up. Let's give these old timers a big hand. Woo, old timer. Y'all are old timey. Amen. Some of you are not proud to stand up, but hey, listen, it happens, right? And we are leaders. Last day, all of us here are last day's leaders. Now, you under the age of 40, you need to look at these people and say, I need to get to know some of these folks. These folks got some knowledge. They got some insight. And we as a, we have a responsibility uh, to not just show the way, but go the way. And so I love you all. You may be seated. God bless you. Uh, he's looking to all of us. And we need leaders in this last days who know the way, show the way, and go the way. Now, let me just show you in First and Second Timothy... Uh, just a snapshot of Paul the Apostle, because Paul the Apostle certainly modeled this. He knew the way, and he, he modeled and showed the way, and we know that in his life, he, he went the way. He, he learned to know the way, show the way, and go the way. And so, let me show it to you in Scripture, and kind of, and, and let me just say, Next Sunday, we do, we're going to camp out on that first one, that know the way. I'm going to introduce it to you today, but there's a whole lot to say from First Timothy. Uh, and if you, and here's your, how many of you need some homework? You need homework? Here's your homework for the next uh, three or four months, okay? Two or three months. Uh, absorb these two letters into your heart and life. Read them. Remember verses. Hey, I've got a few verses here in First and Second Timothy. Here's one. Uh, I think it's First Timothy two twenty two. I think I have to look. Flee youthful lust and pursue after righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on God from a pure heart. Here's another one. I think it's Second. Tim uh, let me see. First, I don't know. It says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind." Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. 
hey, there's a, there is a wellspring of wisdom and insight, especially last day's leadership truth that you and I need to embrace. And so I challenge you, I encourage you, I behoove you, I beseech you, any other King James word I can come up with, to get your nose into these and your heart into these two letters from Paul to his son in the faith, Timothy, who was endeavoring to empower him and equip him to be a last day's leader uh, in his life. So uh, Paul... Learn to know the way, show the way, and go the way. Let me show it to you. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we'll come back. Hey, listen, we'll come back and forth in these letters. But I want to show you this. Look in verse 12. After he's talked to them about uh, just realize that there's false doctrine in the world uh, and that we need to stay close to the glorious. Verse 11 says, the glorious gospel of the blessed God who was committed to, which was committed to our trust. Everyone say the gospel. That's the what? The good news. And here we see right up front, Paul is, is pointing his son in the faith, Timothy, to the way. Everyone say the way. And he says, he says, we need to stay close to that glorious gospel. Okay. Everybody say glorious gospel. And then he says in verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundantly, uh, exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. Now, verse 15, now catch this. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. Everyone say, listen up. That's what he's saying here. He says, man, there's false doctrine in the world. You need to, uh, and you need to understand that we've got to stay close to the truth. We've got to stay close to the glorious gospel. And then he says, now, I'm going to make a statement to you. It's worthy of all acceptance and receptivity. And here it is, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Everybody say, Hallelujah. Now I'm telling you, he jumps right in with it, uh, into the middle of, of Timothy's life and he says, listen, you need to understand the, the way of God in this earth. And listen, for us as the church in this age of grace, hey, here it is. You want to know the way? It's the way of the cross. It's the way of Christ who came to planet earth and paid a great price on Calvary's cross. And he, and I told Sophia this today. I said, you know what? Jesus uh, paid a great price for us on the cross and he died for the sins of all humanity. And here comes Paul getting right up in the middle of the, the whole reason for our being. He said that Jesus Christ came to this earth to save sinners of who I'm chief. Woo. Somebody say amen. Now, that's the foundational core of the way. Everyone say the way. Now, when you read the Old and New Testament, you'll find this phrase, in the way. Everyone say, in the way. And, and, it, and it describes a course of life, a roadway of life, a plan and a journey of life with intention and purpose. And, and so that's what I see Paul telling Timothy right here. He says, man, you better get on the course of life that has the gospel of Jesus Christ as the foundational uh, 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 pathway of your life. It's the fact that Jesus Christ came to planet earth to save sinners. Amen. Everybody say in the way. 
It's the course of life. Here's just an example. Remember this proverb? Train up your children in, in the way they should go. Put them on the right course. And so know this, that when we say know the way, we better know the course of life that all of us as believers need to be on. And it's the gospel pathway, if you will. You've heard of the gospel road. You've heard of the Roman road. Now, uh, and so that's the way of the Lord. In fact, look what he goes on to say. He says, this, this is a faithful saying and is worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason, I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ, Jesus, pardon me, Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those through, he says, might show through me as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. And he said, what's he saying? I'm here to help people to know the way and go the way. Are you with me? And so, in fact, you see him right here in verse 16. What does he do? He says, I'm here to show the way. I know the way, and I'm here to show the way. He said this, I'm a, however, for this reason, I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on Him for everlasting life. He said, I'm here, I know the way, and God has put me here to show the way. And then when you look to the end of 2 Timothy, and as of course you know, uh, he know, knew how to go the way. When you go to 2 Timothy, the last uh, chapter, he begins to re- reveal that the journey that he has been on is about to be over. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but all of those who have loved His appearing. He knew that His days were numbered, that His time was about over. But we looked at His life and we realized that He not only learned to know the way and show the way, but He lived a life that showed that He went the way. He lived what He said. He lived what He believed. And He lived a life that was honoring and pleasing to God. Everyone say, you got to know the way, you got to show the way, and you got to go the way. Now, let me break it down for you just a little bit here quickly. Knowing the way. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, and then we're going to look in Romans. We're going to let Paul's letter to the Romans validate some thoughts here today. And so, if you're in Romans, we're going to go back and forth quickly. Let me show you four things here, and then I'll come back. Uh, when you go back to 1 Timothy, he mentions four key ingredients of this gospel message that you and I need to embrace. The first one is the way of mercy. Everyone say the way of mercy. Look what he says in verse 13. He says, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, or a violently arrogant man, but I obtained, that means I received, I obtained, everybody say mercy. Because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. How many of you know, how many of you appreciate the mercy of God? Have you ever had mercy on anyone? That means, hey, I'm just going to show up regardless of what you've done and I'm going to help you. I'm going to be compassionate towards you. Have you ever stopped to help somebody fix a flat? No, you rascals, you. 
You ever stop to help a stranger in need? Hey, that's what Jesus did. That's what Paul said. Man, I was a mess. I was on my way to hell in a hurry. And Jesus showed up with his mercy. Now, if you want to go to Romans chapter 3, let me show you what it says here. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, he says this. All, what has happened to all of humanity? What is the condition of all of humanity? It says, for all have done what? Sin and have fallen short of the glory of God. You see, the case with all humanity is that we have all and we are all natural born sinners and we have no way of dealing with the sin in our own life. And understand this, that when Paul came onto the, the scene, he was a persecutor of the church and you know what happened as he's on his way on the road to Damascus. God showed up and had mercy on him. Somebody say mercy. You see... Just because we've sinned and because all mankind has sinned, we can't fix our own sin problem, can you? You can't just say, hey, I won't do that anymore because we're all born in sin, the Bible says. And in sin, our mothers conceived us as sweet as little Mabry is over there, sleeping right through Papa Sam's message. She's a natural born sinner. She doesn't realize it yet. Uh, but hey, it's, it's in, it's in all of humanity. We have all of sin. And, and, and it doesn't matter how sweet we all are. We're all natural born sinners. And we need, hey, the way of the Lord is a way of mercy. God had mercy on me. Somebody say, thank God for his mercy. In fact, I love Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23. It says, the Lord's mercies, it's because of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed. Did you know we all deserve to go to hell? But he said, because of the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed. He just chose to have mercy on us. And he says this, because of his mercies, we're not consumed. He says, because his compassions, they fail not. They're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Woo, somebody needs to memorize Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It's the way of mercy. This gospel road that you and I are on, the way of the Lord, it's the way of mercy. We embrace His mercy in our life. And God had mercy on humanity and, and poured out His love and compassion. It's the way of mercy. And then we see it's the way of grace. For look what he says in verse 13 again. If you go back uh, to 1 Timothy chapter uh, 1, verse 13, he says, I, I, I obtained mercy. And then verse 14, and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. Everybody say exceedingly abundant. Let me tell you something. The grace of God, it has no limitations. Hallelujah. It's exceedingly. In fact, I think the Greek there is mega abundant. It's just overwhelmingly, uh, uh, overflowing abundance. And most of us know that grace, uh, we call it unmerited favor, but it's, it's not anything we worked for or we earned. What does the Bible say? For by grace you are what? saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. But it says His mercy and His grace were exceedingly abundant in my life. Now, go back to Romans. Are you, are you, I told you we're going to flip, flip-flop back and forth. I didn't save my place, so I'm going to go there again. Romans chapter 3, back there again, after he says, we all got a sin problem. We're all uh, natural-born sinners and fallen short of the glory of God. But look in verse 24. But, uh, he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified. Stop and look up. Everybody say justified. What does that word mean again? Just as if I'd never sinned. Being justified freely. Somebody say freely. 
That word freely means absolutely without cost on your part. Being justified freely by His what? His grace. His unmerited favor. His unearned favor. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now what did Paul tell Timothy? He said, listen, let me tell you the way. He came to save the whole world from their sin. To redeem them. So the way of mercy and the way of grace are key ingredients to this knowing the way. And listen, I, I want to tell you something. We got to know this in our heart. We got to know this in our life. We got, when people are, how many of you know people are lost today? People are in desperate need of Jesus and they need someone to point them to the merciful God, the grace-filled God, where they can be just as if they'd never sinned. It's the way of mercy. It's the way of grace. And then we see it's the way of faith. If you go back to verse 14 again, he says, and the grace of our Lord Jesus was exceedingly abundant with faith. Everybody say with faith. And we know that faith is a gift of God. Amen. He's allotted. In fact, the Bible says he's allotted every man a measure of faith. He gives us the capacity to trust him. We were born with a sense of faith and the capacity to trust God and to trust others. Uh, you know, a uh, little tie right here. If I, I said, I used to do this. I set them up on the entertainment center and I'd say, jump to Papa. They didn't catch it at first. They didn't, oh, no. They thought maybe they couldn't trust Papa. But now Ty will bail off of anything because he knows his papa will take care of him. He has learned to know that he can trust his papa and he can trust his mom and daddy. And he's learning that he can trust God as well. We were created with that capacity to trust God and, and to allow his gift of faith to operate in our life. It's a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. We were born with the, with the capacity to choose to trust God. And it's the way of faith. That's the way of the gospel. And we've got to understand. In fact, if you go back to Romans 3 again, are you back in Romans 3? Look in Romans chapter 3, verse 25 again. He says, verse 24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith. Everybody say, through faith. Hey, He, he paid the price with His blood and we trust through faith. You know what happened to little Sophia three weeks ago? She trusted God in faith that what He did for her on the cross works for her and she gave her life to Jesus and she had, she put her trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the way of faith. In fact, I love Romans five. So look over in Romans five. Look in verse one. This is the way. Everybody say, know the way. Romans 5, therefore, having been, there it is, justified by what? Justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the way of mercy, this way that God has for us, this gospel message. It's the way of God's mercy. It's the way of God's grace. It's the way of faith, God's faith that He gives to us. And then number four, this little understanding of the way. If you go back to 1 Timothy chapter 14, he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus was exceedingly abundant with faith and love. Everybody say, and love, which are in Christ Jesus. How many of you know that this whole way was born because of God's love. Let's quote it together. John 3.16. Everybody should know it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes on Him should not perish, but have what? 
everlasting life. Paul reveals to Timothy four key ingredients here in these two verses of the way of the Lord. It's the way of God's mercy. It's the way of God's grace. It's the way of faith. And it's the way of love. How God loved us. Everybody say, thank God He loved me. Thank you for your love. In fact, if you're still in Romans 5, look down in verse 8. But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. My friend, those four thoughts will found you and establish you firmly in the way of the Lord. When you embrace the reality of His mercy and His grace and His, and, and, and embrace the faith of God in your heart and begin to embrace the love of God in your life and respond to His truth and say, I want to follow you and serve you. Listen, that's the way of the Lord. Everybody say, you got to know the way. That's the way of the Lord. Now, humanity is at a crossroads. It's the really the cross is the crossroads of life for all of humanity. We have to choose whether or not we're going to follow the way of the Lord. There's really two ways. The way of the Lord in our life and His plan for all the world to, 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 that are sinners to be saved. How many of you know God wants everybody to be saved? He's not willing that any should perish. And the way of humanity is the way of sin. We're natural born sinners. And so there's the way of the Lord. And then there's the way of sinful man and the way of the Lord. That's what he was talking about in verse 15 of chapter one. He says, Hey, Jesus Christ came to say into the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. That's his whole plan. That's the gospel message. In fact, I love what Jesus said. Jesus said this in John 14, six. He said, I am, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. How many of you know he even said, I'm the door? And so for humanity to get to God and to be saved from their sins, they must come the way of the Lord. They must come through the cross. They must embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ that He came to the earth to save sinners from their sin, to pay a price for us so we can be washed and made totally clean. In fact, even before the gospel message, and we use this in VBS, Joshua 24, he told the children of Israel, you read it, I think it's verse 15, 16, that whole chapter's great. Uh, he, they come to the opportunity to cross over the, the Jordan, and he says, you know, you can stay here and serve these gods if you want to. But uh, you know what? Uh, it, it's your choice. He, fa- he said, in fact, choose this day whom you will serve. If you want to, sh- if you want to serve those gods, you can. If you- but hey, If you want to serve God, you can, but you need to choose. You can't waffle back and forth. He said, as for me and my house, come on now. We will serve the Lord. We're making a choice at these crossroads of life. You see, the Jordan River was a crossroads for many. They realized, oh, am I going to lay this side, lay aside the gods of, 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 of that age? And I'm, am I going to pick up the one and true God? He said, I, Joshua said, you can do whatever you want to, but as for me and my house, this is a crossroads moment. We're going into the promises of God for our life. We're following in the way of the Lord. Amen. It's the way of the Lord. 
And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then there's the other way. It's the way of sinful humanity. Sinful man. We're born in sin. In fact, Proverbs. Oh, I love the Proverbs. Everybody, you know what you could do in August? You could catch up. This is August 2nd. Did you know you can read a proverb a day? You just read three proverbs to tomorrow. And you'll be ready. Read a proverb a day. There's great truth in those proverbs. Proverbs 16.25. You get all the way through in the month of August. Proverbs 16.25. There is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is destruction. And so understand something about the way. you got to know the way. The only way to get to heaven, the only way to be right with God, the only way to enter eternity is through the door of Jesus Christ. Man's human intellect will not get him there. There's a way that seems right, but the end is the way of death and the way of destruction. In fact, what did Jesus say? Uh, pardon me, what did Paul say in Romans 6? The wages of sin, the, the payment of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So there's the crossroads that humanity is at and we as God's people. And Paul was trying to tell Timothy, humanity is at a crossroads. It's the way of sinful man. And when you, when you begin reading, if, if you read 1 Timothy 4.1, we'll look at it again, and you read 2 Timothy 3.1, he identifies the way of sinful man. It's, it's, it's the way of destruction. And let me just ask you today. Let's be honest. It's 12 o'clock. I can't, I can't go much further than that. Some of you start shutting down. Let me ask you, what road are you on? Are you trusting in your ways? Are you trusting in the way of the Lord? If you're trusting in your ways, if you're trying to live your life and expect God to catch up to you and bless you, you'll be sadly mistaken because, you know, Jesus said, as we learned in the last series, he said, follow me. He didn't say, I'll follow you. He said, you follow me. There's a lot of people trying to get Jesus to follow their way. Listen, he's not going your way. He's endeavoring to lead us in the way of the Lord that will get get us from this life into that life. Why did he come? To save the world. Hey, there's a world that is going to hell. And he said, hey, the reason I'm here, the reason he came is because he wanted, he has a heart for the whole world to save sinners. And he said, he wants to use me. And let me just say, Timothy, he's telling Timothy, he wants to use you as an example that would cause people to look to you and look to the reality that you know the way, go the way, and show the way, and to help them believe on Him for the purpose of them having eternal life. Which way are you going? What road are you on? That's where we need to begin. As last day's leaders, we got to make sure we're on the right road. I know it's noon. I just got to say this. I have heard this pastorally. It just eats to my core. I've heard parents say about their kids and their teenagers, well, you know, they're just going to have to figure it out. And that is true to a certain extent. They're going to have to just, you know, they make their own choices. No, they need leaders in their life. They need people in their life to go, don't go that way. Listen, that's the way of destruction. Wake up, my friends. 
We can't sit around in our own self-pity or our own self-security while people, family, and friends are going, they're going to bust hell wide open in a hurry. If we don't step up to the plate and quit walking down our road and expect God to bless us, it's time for all of us to realize that we in these last days, we got to, you heard this, it's old timey, but it'll work. be on the straight and narrow. There's a broad way, the Bible says, that lead to destruction, but there is a narrow road. A fine line of submission to the authority of God in our life and the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our life and get on the way of God and realize, hey, He wants me to know the way and show the way and for goodness sake, go the way. What road are you on today? Today, as we stand together, Let's stand up. It's about, I'm done. With no fanfare, no emotional, uh, potentially uh, manipulative moment on my part to you. All of us are standing at the crossroads of life. And we have to know in our heart that we are on that road, the way of the Lord. Let's bow our heads before God. Father, today as we close this service, I pray, Lord Jesus, that each and every one of us today would be confronted with the way of the Lord in our life. That it, we would embrace the way of the Lord. We would embrace the mercy of God and the, and the grace of God and the, and the faith of God and the love of God in our life and begin to walk as Paul walked as leaders in these last days who understand that the only way to get from this life into that life is through Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask you to help us do that. To not only know the way, but go the way and ultimately show the way to a world that is lost and without Christ. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Now look up at me. It's afternoon. I'm sorry. If you don't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and the leader of your life right now, you can accept Him. You can embrace His truth in your life. He died for you. Sophia understood it. And she accepted Jesus Christ. If Sophia can, you can too. The sad thing is, the older we get and the longer we resist Him, the harder it is to, to, to be able to accept Him. And so with every head up and every eye open, if you're not a believer, if you've never really given your life to Christ, you need to, you need to be faced with eternity today and realize that we're living in the last day. And if Paul was adamant about it and Peter was adamant and, and, and they, everything they, they wrote, they lived life in it with the expectation that Jesus was coming soon. And if they did now, certainly we must as well. And so if you're here today, let me just tell you how to get on the road. You just believe what He did for you on the cross. He paid for my sin with His blood. I believe it. He was hung up for your hang-ups. And he was buried in a borrowed tomb. But the glorious part of all that, the Bible says he rose again the third day so I could have new life. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, if he hadn't risen from the dead, we'd all still be in our sins. You see, Buddha's still in the grave. Muhammad's still in the grave. And every other religious leader is still in the grave. The only one that rose from the dead is Jesus Christ. Because he's King of kings and Lord of lords. 
If you believe that in your heart, I choose to believe it and I accept him and I confess him. As the Lord and the leader of my life, it goes like this, Jesus, with every head up, every eye open, Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. You paid for my sins. You showed me mercy. You came and loved me even when I was not lovely. You died for me. By your blood, my sins have the capacity to be washed white as snow. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you. He rose again the third day because of what you've done for me. I now have the capacity to have a new life. I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Be the Lord and the leader of my life. I believe what you did for me. I embrace you as the Lord and the leader of my life. Any form of that kind of prayer, you, hey, listen what? You get shaken loose from the grip of sin and hell and born again into a new kingdom called the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, God bless you today. If that's you, you need to pray that prayer. Let's all pray it together out loud. If you need to know Jesus Christ in your heart and life, let's all pray this prayer out loud together before we go. Say, dear Lord Jesus. Come on, everybody out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on a cross and for paying for my sin with your shed blood. And thank you for rising again from the dead so I could have a new life. I submit my life to your life. I thank you for all you've done for me. I give you my life, and I invite you to be the Lord and the leader of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord of glory a great big God bless you, Lord. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Now, as you go today, if you're here and you're searching for a church home, I would encourage you to plug in, get involved, and make it official. Uh, my wife is here on the front row. Uh, if you believe God is adding you to Church on the Rock North, as we dismiss, you come see her, and she'll help get the job done. For all of our new members uh, that are a part of our... In fact, if you join the church today, you get a free meal. So you come see my lovely wife. And God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night as we all go through the Connect course together. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Have a great day.